Greetings, Spaceburgers, and welcome to the Space Cave. A big warg to all of you. And before we get into part two, just a reminder that the junk show is this Sunday, March 8th, 2020. So depending on when you're listening to this, this could be useful or completely irrelevant information. It's always the second Sunday of every month at the Copper Still in Los Angeles. If it is a Sunday between the 8th and the 14th of any given month, no need to email and ask if there's a show there likely is and you can uh, check out my twitter huntsberger junk there's usually a tweet or two about it on there there's also a mailing list anyway come to the show if you like animation comedy magic music storytellers all kinds of stuff pupusas that are delicious uh matt as i mentioned has been on the show and screened his short that you can find on amazon prime it's called give it up you can find that on amazon but before it was available there you could see it on the junk show and it did great i always think it's the best for uh filmmakers to come check stuff out in front of a live audience get a real reaction find out where where it moves maybe a little slow where it gets the biggest laughs or just is the most moving it doesn't always have to be funny we've shown a lot of stuff that's uh just more emotional and or even suspenseful or any other kind of emotion anyway if you haven't been to the junk show come check it out and you can also on amazon prime find one-headed beast the uh stand-up thing i made sort of a film it's it's from 2017 which i think can uh maybe talk people out of it because that seems old but um most of the material has nothing to do with the time frame so if you haven't seen it check it out you might like it a whole bunch of artists and animators from all over the world helped with that it's visually pretty interesting if nothing else okay let's get into part two with matt knutson it's always I like when uh, you talk with someone about their spouse or significant other, and they just sometimes when people are like glowing about it, you're yeah. like, "Well, you had one good date. This right. is this is classic you." Yeah. But when people you guys have been together, fi- been married fifteen yeah. years, and yeah. to still, I love that when people are just like, "Ah, they're just the best." She's the best. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. the best, and um, she ticks off a, a, a lot of the boxes that you look for in like the wife because she's super funny, uh, great looking, amazing cook, loves my family has you know uh, uh cares about the same things that i do has a, a career in her own life and all this whole i always say a relationship isn't 50 50 it's 100 100 when two hundreds can kind of come together and, and make the best life together instead of someone being like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah uh i just even after all these years i really really admire her that's awesome yeah well, going back to what I admire, <laughs> which is, that's why we're here, man. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I've only met your wife once, but she was delightful. She's really pleasant. She's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. And she's a first-generation American. Her mom immigrated to America from uh, from Hungary, and her dad immigrated from Cuba. Oh, and they wow. met in America and had three girls, and so she's, you know... 
she's first generation. So I have like Hungarian cousins. And if I go to the old world, I have that level of family mm -hmm. there. Sweet. So yeah. And her mom's still with us. She's like 80. But her mom... When she came over, she was 16 years old. Uh, it was during the Russian Revolution of 1956. Russians like came into her school, executed one of the kids in front of the other students, good so Lord. that they would like stay in line. So she like escaped. She was in the salt rationing line, and they they while she was waiting in line, some people were like, hey, we can get you out. We can get you to the front. She's like, okay. So she didn't tell her family. She left Hungary. And didn't come back for 22 years. By the time she came back, she already had like three little girls. And um, and she brought back a pound of salt and <laughs> gave it to her parents. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah, you know, it it's a It's just a remarkable movie. And, you know, she still speaks five languages. She retired, but still like volunteers and works at all these like, like uh, thrift store and, you know crafts and she's like julie andrews in the sound of music right hey, let's take these curtains and make you know doll clothes yeah so my <laughs> wife still does that kind of stuff all the time mm -hmm. so anytime she'll do a craft she's like we'll send pictures of it to her mom huh? you know what I mean? <laughs> as much as i love that story i'm still against immigrants <laughs> <Sure>. just... <laughs> still gonna build a wall yeah they don't they don't bring anything worthwhile yeah, true we don't need those type of people <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible. Let's take the money from military funding used to house children and their families. <laughs> nah. Even <laughs> maven. When you said you have a movie that appeals to you, like sometimes I'll sit down with an idea when I start writing it or just thinking through it and go, ah, it's dumb. Right. Or I'll see something like you were talking about, like a, maybe it's not a website, maybe it's an act, like a scroll through and I'm reading the concept of a movie and I'm like, sure. Oh, that's close enough. I yeah. don't need to do something that I had in mind. Yeah. Because it's such a letter to Santa Claus. <sighs> like, oh, I can't write this movie now. It's been done. Like, oh, even if you'd written it, the chances mm -hmm. of it going anywhere are right. so slim. A million percent. But all the things you talked about of like, start where you are, work with what you have, try your best, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Everyone that got anywhere did all those things yeah. and just believed in it. Like, I'm meant to make movies. And so right. they wrote them. A lot of other people, I think, especially if you have 10 different other things you like doing, right. you're like, well, I'll maybe try to write a movie, but eh, I'm not going to put all of my energy behind it. Yeah. But you start with a short and you made Give It Up, which one perfect title. Hey, thank you. Two, thank you. <laughs> it goes back to what we were kind of talking about with you saying, you know, like you're in the stand up world, but it's not like you just beat the streets hitting the road for yeah. 25 years going like, I'm burned out. I can't yeah. be in another airport. I, I can't work with another Friday late crowd, yeah. which you see happen to a lot of comics. Sure. And then they have those far off thoughts of, yeah, what if I got a regular job and not yeah. to give too much away about the sure. short, but that's essentially, uh, if I were describing it on Amazon, kind of yeah. the premise. Yeah. Uh, it is actually, it just dropped on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. And they say, like, what's the log line? And the log line is, um, well, first of all, you, you never know your true potential until you quit. But then, like, <laughs> what's the description is um, a comedian faces the stark reality of his employment options when he considers <laughs> retiring from show business. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, um, but uh, Raul Lewis is in it. Who is? Uh, he's a great comic too. He was a star of Cool Runnings. Uh, Robert Lewis Stevenson is is in it too. We did um, a sketch together for I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. I don't know if uh, your listeners would know. Uh, it was also the night that the skeletons came to life. <laughs> Bobby is the producer in that sh- in that short, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm in like Tim's band. Yeah. But I it was the first time that we had ever worked together and he owns the offices that we shot in so nice. it was just going to do like me and Raul and then like Raul like he, he's like hey you know um, you know, Bobby's going to be there he's going to open it for us if you want to like do something for him so I took half the lines I had given to Raul and I just like transferred them over to, to Bobby and it was way better than if it had just been he and I the whole time because it was changing it was a new stage picture a new character so it was and it gives him like it. they can exchange these little looks to each other <sighs> like when he leaves and he's kind of cracking up like right. <laughs> you know, have him call me yeah. and then I love when you look over like he's should I get his <laughs> yeah and um, he improvised that line he's like you're funny you should be a comedian I oh, never wrote nice. that he came up with that in the moment and I was just like oh we're gonna we're gonna keep that yeah, yeah it's a it. full circle it's <laughs> Not to give, again, too True. much away about the short, but it's such a perfect encapsulation. And I feel like I've had so many of those conversations, not just with comedians. Sure, sure. Everyone kind of making these decisions as to, is life selfish? Am I doing yeah. this because I selfishly want to do this? The you know, noble with, pursuit of the arts. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you're like, ah, come yeah. on. But the, the in-noble or a-noble just go with the flow, take it, have a crappy job because you don't yeah. feel like you deserve something more. True. Are a lot of people going like, I always wanted to learn guitar. Yeah. You, you, did you want to do this? No, but I, you know, I don't really have anything else I want to do. Right. You're like, Damn it. Get out there and try it. Try if it. the bands that I love had felt like, oh, it's selfish of me to want to have a career where I get to play a music every single night and never have to work a real job, right. I'd be like, I hope you don't think that way. Right. I need you making that music. Right. I love what you do. I love what you do. Elliot Smith, don't stab yourself in the heart. I love you. I need you back, buddy. I need you back, buddy. You're great. Yeah. I believe in you. You know, I, and I, I think this all the time, especially when it comes to artists. Uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. If you can say something nice, say it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Because they need to hear it. I say know? it all the time because people would go, well, I saw so-and-so. I didn't know what to do, so I just asked for a photo. Yeah. I'm like, this is from limited personal experience. Right. One, I know I enjoy it if people say something to this effect, but right. I definitely... Uh, feel like I'm not being a jerk when I just go, hey, I love what you do. Yeah. And just move on with my life. Yeah. For them to just, "Uh, what? You know, Mm -hmm. one time there was a singer of of a band. I don't know why I won't give it away, but it's irrelevant. It's just any singer. (laughs) I thought that was the name of the band. I won't give it away. It's irrelevant. That's the name of the band. (laughs) (laughs) I promised myself I wouldn't do this. Oh, it's irrelevant. (laughs) Anyway, you know what? I'm not going to tell that story. (laughs) (laughs) My friend and I have... uh, um, Brendan Walsh, who you probably oh, know, I love Brendan Walsh, the best, uh, was quitting smoking, and we we're walking down to the store to buy a bunch of candy. And I was trying to sell him on this idea that we should shoot a short called The Candy Boys. Yeah, and we were kind of these Willy Wonka esque like trust fund heirs yeah. who just ate a lot of candy and went to candy like <laughs> shops and trade shows and bid on candy and design candy. <laughs> Great, <laughs> and it was it was like 
he was kind of playing like this is a stupid idea but then we'd talk about the idea more sure. and I, so then the bit became me trying to sell him like come on the candy boys <laughs> and going, ah, we can't make the candy boys I can also see it like they're sommeliers mm, oh the sugar oh it has totally. such a great resin yeah, yeah, yeah. and that everyone else there is like they're, they're bootstrapping it they've right. worked their way up the candy boys were born into this life <laughs> so everyone hates them <laughs> they go to these they helicopter into these candy trade yeah. shows on foreign islands oh, that are yeah. very remote sure everyone else had to get there and and they just hate the candy boys but damn it they know their stuff it's in their blood <laughs> you know if they weren't such classy guys I'd really hate them but yeah, yeah. The they know their boys. stuff their candy is good yeah and so Brandon goes and gets all this candy and he like kind of like unloads it onto the counter and the the guy underneath the bulletproof glass goes that's a lot of candy <laughs> and then Brendan who has been against this idea the whole time yeah. like leans under the bulletproof glass and goes we're the candy boys <laughs> <laughs> buying into my sketch finally and then from behind me I hear a voice laugh yeah. and I was like oh he's laughing at our idea yeah. really my idea yeah. right. <laughs> I'm kept trying to sell him on these candy boys Great. and then I look and I go oh shit it's this guy from this band and yeah. so as we leave leaving I go you know, one, I liked that he laughed at our thing, sure. but then I was like, oh, hey, man, I like your stuff. You guys are great. And then he was caught off guard, kind of like, oh, oh thank you. Yeah, cool. No one doesn't want that. Right. Maybe they don't want to take a photo and have you bother him. You know what song I really love? Right. No one really needs that. Yeah, yeah. But just the uh, the telling, like you say? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a mural artist named Jonas Never, and his Instagram is at uh, never1959, never1959. So uh, I was out for a run one afternoon. I live on the west side, and I run past him. And he's doing this, it was right after Jonathan Gold died, and he's doing this painting of Jonathan Gold on this on the, the wall of this restaurant, like in the outside wall. Mm-hmm. And I was just like like watching him work, and I was like, it was so remarkable because you just see, most of the time you just see a mural done. Yeah. You know, you don't see the the graphed out things and the little areas and uh, and the true artistry that went. So I walked, watched him for like 20 minutes, and... Um, Talked to him afterwards. I was like, "This is this is amazing." Hey, nice to meet you. And he was so nice. He was so cool. Uh, last weekend, we went uh, downtown, went to the Broad Museum, and then went to the Central Market. Jonas is there doing a mural of Kobe mm-hmm. uh, in the downtown Central Market stuff. And I was like, I don't know if, if you remember me or not, but we met in Santa Monica. He's like, yeah, yeah, hey, good to see you. And I was just like, I'm such a big fan. I look at all your stuff on Instagram all the time. I love it. And once you know his style, you'll start to see it around Los Angeles all the time. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure how many people fanned off on him. Probably not enough. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad I did because he's great. One of the greatest works of art I've ever seen was this kind of stop motion animation that was done with painting basically single frame along like a city wall up along buildings, mm-hmm. into the buildings, around the walls in the buildings, and just paint it, whitewash it paint over the next frame, yeah. whitewash it, snake, take a photo in between each. It's incredible. Wow. Um, it's by Blue, B-L-U. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what the name of it was. This is like a decade ago. But I sent a message, or I sent him an email just like, great job. I'm glad, I'm so glad you did that. I think it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And he just wrote back, thanks. And yeah. I was like, that's the best. Yeah. Just like letting you know, like, I don't need much more, but right. just thanks. Someone out here thinks you're right on, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, thanks, buddy. Because I don't need to know if you're a mural guy works at a sparrow during the day right. or does something he hates. Right. It's what you do with your time that you 
really that is precious to you. That's like, right. Okay, I'm I care about this twenty minutes of free time I have or mm-hmm. full day. Mm-hmm. Am I going to sit here and watch TV? Am I going to just go meditate on the beach? Or am I going to do this thing that I really care about? Yeah, I love yeah. when they do it. I True. love when people do the thing. I couldn't agree more. And I I say this all the time, but uh, if it's between uh, perception and reality. Never talk someone out of perception. Yeah. You know, hey, you're you're great. Well, I really work at Subway most of the time. Just say thank you. Mm-hmm. I loved your art. Hey, thanks, man. Your band's great. Yeah. I work <laughs> at this liquor store. That's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Just give me perception. Yeah. You know, I'll take it. So many comedians. That's a that's a big one to learn. Just say thanks. Thank you. Great set. Yeah, but in the in the premise of that second joke, I goofed it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Just say thank you. Yeah. I liked your set overall. I don't need to know what you disliked about it. You should have been at the early show. That was a really... Uh, yeah, yeah, just say thanks. It's like we were talking about earlier, Key and Peele. If what you take on as a character for the meet and greet, play that character for half an hour. Yeah. You know, if it's not yourself. Because uh, also, too, um, everyone will remember the encounter that they have with someone famous or even not famous or even like the entertainment at a show. Yeah. Um, I was working on an episode of NCIS and uh, it was me, Mark Harmon and Wilder Valderrama who was Fez on that 70s show. Yeah. So he said like, because I think he got Fez when he was like, I think he's from Ecuador or some Central South America, but he got that he was 18, 17, 18, maybe 19, and his life just changed overnight. Yeah. And so he said he was at some Fox party and he, uh, he saw Robin Williams and in, in like the most you know humble way he's like do you have any advice for me and he was you know Wilmer's telling me the story on set he's like do you have any advice for me as a young aspiring actor he's just like he's like okay two things uh, one have a great time always be having a great time as best you can because if it's not fun why are you bothering to do it and two um, people are only going to have a minute or two with you in their entire life how do you want them to remember you as the nice. guy who was like, hey, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, get, get at the back of the line to meet me. It's like, hey, you're great. Hey, thanks so much. You guys were a great crowd. Mm-hmm. Glad you could make it. Yeah. That's great. I yeah. love that. Ugh. I love when someone has a story that wasn't just, hey, kid, did you do the molestation joke? Yeah. You know, just that like, <laughs> I haven't given thought to this. I don't care about the moment. Yeah. I, but instead, like this, I know this might matter to you because I remember being you. Yeah. And so this is now full circle. Here's what I would say to young me. Yeah. Because you ask. Nothing right. worse than the guy that comes over. Here, kid, I got some advice. Like, oh, I'm just eating my sandwich here. Yeah. Don't need shit from you. Yeah. That's the worst. But yeah. when you go like, hey, uh, really cool working with you. Any, any thoughts? Any suggestions? Mm-hmm. The best when they like, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I had coffee with someone last week who... Um, New to town, you know, uh, right now he's working for uh, the MTA, Metro Transit. So he actually has a job that keeps his foothold here. But yeah. he was thought about doing like um, comedy and acting and all this stuff. And his advice was, uh, or he asked me like, oh, so what's the, you know, it's the meeting for coffee, talking to the guy. And I was just like, always do it. Mm-hmm. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to everyone in your life to do it and go for it. Because if there's a chance that you'll regret not trying – you can't go through life with that, especially, too, when you're like, I think he was like 23, 4, not married, no kids, no real bills, no, he's already here. Yeah. What would stop you from going and taking an improv class 
next week. It's going to be eight Saturdays. It's going to be from one to four, and it's going to be three hundred dollars. Yeah, you're going to talk yourself out of that experience. <laughs> you know, go over to Birds afterwards, make some pals. It's what. It's, we were talking earlier, upside, downside. What's the downside of committing right. to that? Hey, once you kind of know what you're, what you're playing, and like, oh, I'm kind of like more lighthearted, and you figure out that, go have someone take your pictures. That's going to be $275. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is that? What do you have to lose? Yeah. And you won't regret a single minute of the attempt. If it's really your thing, even if it's to say like, you know what? I always wanted to act and I tried it and it was terrible <laughs> and I never want to do it again. Yeah. To live with that like regret of like, I could have, you know, you look at your wife and your kids and oh, it could have been a thing, you know. I know. How many people it's are the piano man. It <laughs> <laughs> could be a movie star if but I could just, get out of this place. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I sometimes do wish this was like a lot. Oh, go ahead. Call her. Where you know, like seeing the phone lines light up, and so because undoubtedly there would be someone who would call and go, "Oh uh, yeah, that's my uncle." Yeah. Yeah. Every every single time I'm there, my uncle says, "Oh man, you know, I I was in college with whoever it might be." Insert name of famous. Insert name of I. Me and Tom Selleck had a course together. I could have moved out here. Yeah. And I and you know and he and and honestly I I, I was better more gals liked me and, yeah. and he's not even an actor I could have figured that out right. all right Uncle Steve okay yeah. buddy yeah ever tell you that time I I used to be on a football team with Lee Horsley <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> yeah that was before he was Lee Horsley you know what I mean <laughs> okay. <laughs> When yeah. you said when you got into like I'm gonna I'm just gonna make this short. Sure. Was it from so you're talking about like I have a movie now I, I kind of want to make the same inspiration that has you driving along whatever age you're at where mm -hmm. you're like God I'm going to this job interview and this could be like a lifetime thing mm -hmm. whether you're, uh, for me it was kind of like I was seeing certain careers really open up even though I knew like right before college mm -hmm. I, I really feel like I need to try this mm -hmm. other thing mm -hmm. I really loved comedy mm -hmm. but then you know you get out and you're 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 not just in it you can't just jump right into comedy no. you're like oh I do open mics right but which means I have to have a job right and, and so I would substitute teach and but anytime I'm in traffic going to one of those things my mind is like I think I don't want to do this but right. when I'd get to that place they'd be like you know we have a program here where you can sign you can get your credential and or we can help facilitate some summer school so you could so now you're you're seeing yourself pulled into like right. here's adulthood here's a real job mm -hmm. which is you're fortunate to do right but it's the compulsion or the impulse to push away from that and really steer the boat toward this other thing yeah and then as you get into it all of the projects, I, I feel like, come from that same place. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just sit here and just keep doing this, mm -hmm. but something's eating at me. Mm -hmm. I got to make this thing. Mm -hmm. I have this short. If I don't see it come to life, it's just going to like ruin it. Amen. Yeah, it's the worst. To have an idea um, and not execute it is hell on earth. Yeah. You know, to it's, have it sitting on you. like If I finished everything and then went, no more ideas. Yeah. I'm going to go just be a tractor maintenance guy in the yeah. middle of nowhere right. and never think about this again. Yeah. I would be fully comfortable with that. Yeah. But anytime you have an idea just eating away at you, you're like, all right, one more. I'll just do one more thing. Because yeah. I like the band back together. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, I think it all the time of all the things that has ever happened to me or whatever, like gifts I have. 
the thing I'm most grateful for is my imagination and my ability to have ideas and try and make them happen. Even if it's a joke and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I want to see how this, like, you know, uh, to, to anything, you know, it's been, it's been a fun ride. And the, I think we were talking before we started, ever since I moved to Los Angeles, I have been like leaning into show business, even as like a production assistant, mm-hmm. where I'm like emptying trash cans and getting people's lunch. I, did I was that. like in the mix. And yeah. you're like, yeah, at least, you know, I'm someone in show business has given me money to do this. And I don't have, you know, it's not based on a on, on a hourly thing or a wage thing. It's like when you're working, you're always working. And when you're not, you're not. But I never went to college. Um, after I got out of high school, I was a merchant marine for about five years. So that, I never worked that hard in my life while I, while I was doing that. Really? Because, what is that? You're like on a boat? Yeah, it's like, uh, I've heard it called the truckers of the sea, which I think is really kind of apt because you're not in the military, but you're taking uh, transport uh, ships, you know, kind of uh, uh, like container ships or uh oil carriers or things like that mm-hmm. you're the crew of those ships so you have to work seven days a week at minimum eight hours a day and usually you're working you know 12 hours maybe more because you're overtime chipping rust painting yeah also too when you come in and out of port since i was in the deck department it doesn't matter if you're not on watch or not i mean it's you've heard it all hands on deck yeah that's a literal thing. Yeah. Uh, if you're if it's three in the morning and your ship pulls into port, you got to get out of your rack. You got to put your stuff on. You got to lower the lines. You got to tie the ship up. And if you have to work, you know, the next at four a.m. and you got an hour and a half sleep. Yeah, tough <laughs> where, nuts. Where are you from originally? I was born in Hawaii. And then um, my dad was a pastor when I was growing up, so moved around the Midwest a lot, uh, Nebraska, uh, Colorado, Iowa, and then my family moved here from North Dakota. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I finished um, high school in Orange County, but uh, I still kind of claim North Dakota because it's, you know, it's something different. Yeah, it definitely is. When you're in that space, so I worked on ranches and had kind of cowboy guys peripherally cool. around from austin and texas and uh no nevada oh and then, i didn't and, know that I yeah thought, i always thought you were like an austin guy I, that's comedy that's where my home base is mm-hmm. and where i like to feel like my roots are but um i grew up in nevada um went to school in colorado moved to san diego and uh got into like teaching a little bit there and yeah. stand up uh-huh. and then moved to austin and cool. kind of just made it comedy full-time from yeah. there yeah um well, teaching's a great career, too. Like, even if you get your degree and you can substitute, like, I, I can pay my bills if I work three days a week, yeah. two days a week, and, you know, work it out. Yeah, I'd have some long dry spells. You knew the summer was going to be tough, yeah. but then you could get on a long gig, like, oh, I got, like, 20 days in a row, yeah. caught up on all these bills. It's easy. I'm done by certain. So I would, right. then I'd go and, like... Uh, tutor kids after or I had a horseshoeing business after oh wow amazing so I'm like being an adult but also in that space I was curious with like the merchant marines mm-hmm. you're kind of was it, it's your first glimpse in a certain way of like could I do this forever is this what I want to be doing yeah are these people I'm around yeah the type of people I want to surround myself with. Yeah. It's not always like a cut and dry thing. You're like, there's certain aspects of this I like. I mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. you, you could easily be like a very hardcore conservative guy. Like, right. I work harder than anyone. Right. And I deserve stuff because right. I'll get out of my rack at 3 a.m. and be all hands <laughs> on deck. And you, you piece of shit, are laying there watching daytime right. TV. Right. You could be one of those guys. Yeah. 
But you chose to kind of go like something about yeah. this. That well, also too, I was so young. I mean, I started doing that when I was a teenager. I, I, I remember I was 19 years old and sailing through the Suez Canal, and like I turned 20 off the coast of Africa. Cool. So I was. 20 to 30 years younger than almost everyone I work with. <laughs> Occasionally, there was like some younger people who were who were in there. But um, I never want, I always wanted to do what I'm doing right now. Even when I was on the ship, I had like a little notebook and I was like writing things down. But I, I never saw myself as a lifer because mm-hmm. that's really tough. When you're gone that long for that, especially too, like you, you talk to these guys like, well, my third wife. And you're like, ooh, buddy. You know, <laughs> yeah. My son doesn't talk to me anymore. Like, yeah. Okay. It's it's tough, and there's some salty dudes out there, like really, like tow truck drivery looking. Yeah, sailors, that's what I picture. Yeah. Sailors, I picture it just the roughest of necks, the kind of toughest, A kind of percent grizzled. It goes back to something we were talking about of like pushing down all your emotions, and sometimes that feeds out into like a physical appearance yeah. where you're like this person yeah. is just driven by right. overcoming look at that man's posture <laughs> my god <laughs> nothing in his life is pleasant his bed's uncomfortable yeah. he, everything looks yeah. like it hurts him yeah yeah look at his his gray his beard is gray he's 31 <laughs> what the <laughs> like Paul Rudd's 50 yeah. but he looks <laughs> followed what he wanted to do had a comfortable bed yeah tried to follow his dreams or heart or ambitions or passion pursuits whatever yeah that'll make you age a little better than i just get stuck in the merchant marines because i owe my wife goddamn yeah. alimony if i don't make 1800 a month <laughs> i'm fucked yeah like <laughs> oh my god attaching uh, a certain number to what you need to make yeah and that's you know what we were talking about earlier when you're younger and you don't have those you know, barnacles on the whale, so to speak. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, those guys were, those guys were out there. But it was also, it was based on um, like rotary shipping. You could never have a full-time job. Like you'd work for, on a ship and then at like four months, you, they, they, you have to get off and it makes room for another person. Oh, sure. So I had time to, 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 to work like that. And then I'd like maybe go take a backpacking trip and then get another awesome. ship and, you know, kind of mix it back and forth. So it had a lot, it had the hardest work I've ever done and no work at all. So it, all, it was yeah. almost kind of like training ground for what I'm doing now where you just kind of lean in and then when nothing's happening, try and make the white place on your calendar count. I like that the yeah. white place on your yeah. calendar because there's a, you wake up and if this is like whatever you think an acting career is or a writing or anything there's going to be days where you wake up and you're like well I have nothing I, I, unless I generate something I will have nothing to do mm-hmm. you know so you plug little things in and have these kind of standing dates you know like last night uh, I played I, uh, Tuesday nights I, you know me and my friends we rent this gym and we play basketball and that's just Sweet. like a, a long standing Tuesday night game in the palisades and you know so tuesday nights like hey, if i don't have a show i'm gonna go play you know that's great so stuff like that i've know? done that a few times while living here and i always really enjoyed it like just having a thing like that to go do. and something that feels like a tradition and or yeah. like because uh, you it's hard to get a set schedule really yeah i remember when i first moved here to venice and this to me like really encapsulates what it's like to live in southern california mm-hmm. in the entertainment hub yeah is that we, me and my roommates, all of whom had non-typical jobs, right. 
would look out our window and on on street sweeping day all the cars would get moved over to the other side of the street <laughs> but they wouldn't go to work and we'd be like who are these assholes doesn't anyone around here work we're in our home saying right. this yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys want to go take a walk yeah. at 11 on a tuesday yeah you shouldn't be just having a walk but that very la just yeah. like i don't know what i'm doing and i need to fill this day with That's something right. i've right. written a bunch already i've mm-hmm. read i've emailed everyone i can possibly think of that might be able to offer me something mm-hmm. I'm out of ideas. I've tried as much as I can, and there's nothing happening until 7 or 8 p.m. where I can go linger around comedy. That's a weird feeling to go from Merchant Marine stuff where you're just busy all the time, but you don't like any of it. You're just doing it because someone told you to. You're breaking your back. And it's it's a a clock-based thing Mm -hmm. versus the non-clock-based. But I'll bet, I mean, it seems like people that have that work ethic, that the, the... contrast ability to look back and go this isn't hard i can drive myself across town to hand someone a thing you used to have to take a a tape now you can just email someone a clip send me a link yeah yeah in the old days of like i'll bring you a vhs it's traffic's bad i I don't know how long it'll take there's no (laughs) technology (laughs) you can tell me let me get my thomas guide out (laughs) left on highland okay i'm on my way it could be one hour to three i don't know i don't know i'm on my way but you have no way of contacting me while i'm in my car (laughs) page me i'll pull over and i'll make a phone call on the (laughs) <laughs> it's true yeah um you, you, you are definitely the the captain of your own destiny mm-hmm. so what i try to avoid is having you know like when you're at home and you have you like start to see the sun go down or like the, the shadows are getting long you're like oh, i don't know if i did a lot today you know yeah. and trying to avoid that feeling mm-hmm. so um i have like like a five color system and it's only five colors because that's what came in the package of these highlighter things so it's uh yellow pink green blue and orange so yellows work like straight up work you're writing you're auditioning you're shooting something uh pink is work that's not career it's like vacuum laundry things like that Mm -hmm. uh green is exercise any kind of exercise go for a run play golf uh Orange is watch TV, watch a movie, like your own kind of thing. And then blue is shows, parties, hangs. So if I try and have three colors per day. And if I'm getting to the end of the day and I don't have the three colors, I'm like, I kind of, what? <laughs> Even I'm just sitting right half an hour to get some yellow or, you know, some variation. Even on a day where, say, you're on set or something like that right. for 12 hours, you yeah. just had a yellow day. Right. And then you go, damn, I got to get, maybe bring a book with you and like, yeah. sweet, I got a little orange in there. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, or, or you know, you get home from uh, and go for a run and get some green, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of ridiculous, but. No, it's, it's kind of like the Jim Valvano thing. <laughs> oh, what was his thing? So, the greatest speech, or one of them, I just love it, uh, the Never Give Up speech. Oh, of from course, like, the SBs. Know, the SB speech. And if you only, laugh, cry, and smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Laugh, cry, and think, and maybe one other one, in a day. Well, that's a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day. I didn't mean to blow your story, but I, no, do, no, that's re- it. I do remember it. I'm, it's, I, I love that you more. know it. and, and uh, Yeah, because I, I think people hear that. We hear these things over and over yeah, again. And yeah. I'm not out there crying every day. Sure. But yeah, at the end of the day, to, to there's this movie called About Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a time travel movie, a rom-com. It's got some flaws, but overall, <laughs> the sentiment. <laughs> the message there's a period where it gets very Groundhog Day-ish yeah. and you're like hey 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 hey, but the overall sentiment at the end is something I just don't think you can hear enough yeah. which is 
try to really appreciate each day yeah you were talking about like having lunch with the young kid giving them some advice and uh a thing i always used to think of is like what if you got wrongfully imprisoned for two or three years or 10 years yeah what would you be sitting in jail wishing you could do oh yeah do one of those things yeah just to just to take advantage of like i'm out here yeah. you couldn't do you couldn't go to the library and check no. out a book it wouldn't you couldn't even, go look at a sunset i did yeah. that i did all of that stuff yeah uh wh- another quote that i have on the, my bulletin board is from uh john wooden famed uc LA coach and he has the seven point creed and one of them is make each day your masterpiece which is like oh oh." (laughs) talk about a tall order I have not done that I have not done that there's many 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 (laughs) non-masterpieces in the lineage but uh, you know even if you shoot for it and it doesn't work out I think it's you know it's a valiant effort yeah I agree I I like the effort. I like the try. I like that. It's so weird because we, we measure ourselves, or we get a look at what true, typical success mm-hmm. is and looks like, mm-hmm. and everyone knows that. And mm-hmm. then that can be hard when you're in mixed company and they, who, who are you? Where would I know you from? Yeah. Things like that. I, I was I was back in Boston for Christmas, and I was at uh, my sister in law's She had a Christmas party, and you know. You're the guy who's from L.A. and is acting, and you know you're, you're so heavy, you know. And there's this one woman who was really drunk and was like, oh, "So you're the actor, huh?" And I was just <laughs> like, "Anything I say after the attitude that you're giving me right now won't matter at all. Yeah, it won't matter even a little bit if I say I've done this, 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 and this. You know, yeah. While you're grousing about going into law, well, if, at least you didn't get be a lawyer. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Buddhists have the greatest uh, w- word for it. It's like the the six perfections, and you want to be practicing all these things. Um, one of them is joyous pursuit. If you're able to legitimately and sincerely, like, I love this. I'm gonna go for it. You know, <laughs> nobody does. It's a, f- a rarefied air. People in joyous pursuit. Uh, and, yeah. So that's. That woman, the, the drunk lawyer, was not in joyous pursuit of whatever she was doing. And you're like, <sighs> yeah, I have a the D. No, she was not. And, and maybe that's her reasoning for just passive aggressively trying to take someone down a notch. Yeah, you take me down a peg. Yeah. This person that like is obviously related to the host of your party, who's a friend of yours, and you're gonna. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you, the- you win. <laughs> you win. Yeah. Oh, my, oh! I didn't live my life right. Yeah. You're right. Every decision I made wasn't. Yeah. Oh, if I'd only done everything right, that I could have been at this party and impressed you, <laughs> this person who I hold in such high esteem, <laughs> this random Boston lady. <laughs> You're right. I choked. <laughs> Was that the end of Easy Rider? We made it, man. No, we blew it. <laughs> <laughs> we blew it. That movie goes from having like kind of this cool summertime ending to just obscenely dark. Crazy. And you're like, yeah, I didn't want that. Yeah. Right? Is this how it ended? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last month, speaking of Joyous Pursuit, I did a stand-up show at a Hells Angels club in Gardena. How how did you book that one? <laughs> so there's a, a comedian, Chris Garrett, who also works in casting at an office called Wendy O'Brien. And Wendy O'Brien casts uh, Sons of Anarchy for oh. the whole role. So she had would bring all these bikers in, and they had, you know, they kind of knew these Hells Angels guys through casting. <laughs> and every time they would come in, like, 
like he got to know a couple of them. Like, yeah, we should have a good comedy, right? Yeah, we'll do a show one night. One of those things is like the pipe dream, but then they're like, all right, how's Wednesday? So <laughs> they booked it, and he had me come on, and it was remarkable. Really? Yeah, it was outstanding. It was nothing what I expected. Uh, they were like, everyone just wants respect. Whether you're a biker or a toll bridge dude, and if you're like, hey, you know, I, I we're not the same thing, but I see where you're coming from, and you, you're all right. Yeah. Once you get that, you're like, you know, yeah. What are you gonna do? But I opened, and I was just like, listen, guys, I know what you're thinking when you see me, but don't worry, I am not a narc. You know, <laughs> I'm a snitch. <laughs> and they're like, ah, hey, it's a snitch. And um, one of the bikers got out of the crowd after I said I was a snitch and took the microphone out of my hand and like took it backstage, you know, and like, enjoy, you know, yeah, like doing, doing, a, a doing a bit, doing a gag. He's <laughs> having a laugh. <laughs> and so, he, so for about a minute of my set, I was just yelling at the bikers acapella. And I was just like, this seems improvised, but we rehearsed this, you know. <laughs> it was one of those moments where you're like, I won't forget it. You know, yeah. How many? Maybe everyone gets, but they manufacture them. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah. So is everyone else at Disneyland. Yeah. That, that's a that's an experience or a moment everyone there gets to have pretty much carbon copied. Exactly. But they don't have a life filled with. Did I ever tell you about the time I performed for the Hell's Angels? Yeah. And a, yeah. those are just those weird things when you enter into mm -hmm. a pursuit that are at least an option. Right. They don't always happen, right. but. Uh, there's a joke I do in my act, which is 100% true, and uh, it's just basically passive bragging, but it's also kind of funny. It's like, I've met everyone from President Obama to Papa John, everyone in between there. And, you know, if that's the if that's the ride and that's like on your tombstone, just like, eh, you know, <laughs> Obama, Papa John, Hells Angels. Yeah. It made me think, because uh, uh, we were talking about uh, Peter Fonda, that I've been trying to get this joke crafted where it was like fish out of water thing like they're uh peter fonda in easy riders and i'm i'm more of a henry fonda in on golden pond you know what i mean sex drug rock and roll fishing by myself that's got more than <laughs> so teeing up for bits <laughs> so i understand uh, you have a goldfish it's got a new goldfish oh i did jay i did i got a goldfish you were uh, you were more of a henry fonda kind of guy huh? <laughs> so i'm gonna uh, set you up by uh, saying the punchline joke uh, it's goldie <laughs> uh if i i say it all the time if i die tomorrow it was an uh, incredible run you know, no regrets. I like how many I say it all the times you have. I have to. I have to have that qualifier because if I feel like I said it in the moment, like this yeah. is the first time, it make me feel too self conscious, and I couldn't say it. I always feel like when I'm talking with someone that they're going, they're going through something, yeah. I'm constantly referencing quotes. Yeah, I go, oh, yeah, there's this one, and then I'll say that, and then at times I feel like, do they just think I'm some quote machine? Because I don't think I live my life based right. on quotes. Like, but when you really think about it, you're like, yeah, I am kind of 
when if I'm put in this situation, I, I'll think to the the Jim Valvano speech yeah. and or a, a dozen or a hundred other whatever it would be things that I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's perfect I really identified with that. And if uh, if if you connected with that quote or that piece of material or that speech in the same way that I did, we know each other better. Mm-hmm. Like for me, my favorite part of that speech is like I don't know if you remember it. Like he's like getting the light from the guy. He's like, I got cancer, in my body. This guy's giving me the light. Ooh, God. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, so he's got the balls on this guy. Hey. And we're like, we're with you, Jim. <laughs> you stay up there as long as you like, Jim. <laughs> Fuck this camera guy. None of us like him. <laughs> Producers who got hey. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, uh, I, I studied with this guy, Sam Christensen, and he, he uh, his thing was stories. You identify with stories. You see people's plight, you, you know, uh, and it c- stories connect us all in a, in a way where even if you can't talk about your feelings, you're like, oh, I love this. This Have you heard this song? Yeah. And then they listen to the song and maybe they feel the same way or similar that you did when you heard it. And then you don't have to talk about it, but you're like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much this happens anymore. I was just thinking about this, and I'm glad you brought that up because it slipped my mind. And I was like, "Well, I think that's something relevant." But maybe because there's so much stuff now, and we're from a generation where you only if you got a VHS, it wasn't like you could endlessly scroll and like saw that one. Let's watch the next one, which is kind of the new thing. Let's binge it. When you only had one, you didn't. You just binged that thing. Right. So you knew every line. Oh, yeah. Prior to that was the generation of, and I think this was in movies all the time, you knew a character was interesting because someone said a line, said a thing, and then the character that we don't really know finishes an entire poem. Right. Just off the top of their head. We're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> this guy or girl knew that whole poem yeah. and this other person also knew it. They're meant to be together. <laughs> now, like... They both like Robert Frost? <laughs> what? No! That'd be about as far as I could go. If someone said these woods are lovely, dark and deep, yeah. and I said, I finished it like uh, with, and not even accurately, just like I have miles to go before I sleep and promises to keep. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, are we friends? <laughs> We're friends now, right? We kind of know. We know a poem that everyone knows. I think it was in a Jeep commercial. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. There's something so romantic about that idea of connecting on on words that resonate in a way. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I like uh, reading words off actual paper, and I like writing down words on actual paper. Yeah. Something about the ink and just the, the way that you can make it look, it's... You know, this is this is a comedy story, but it's it didn't involve a comedy club or anything. But I was just writing all day on a train, yeah, uh, in a legal notepad, and we stopped near Ventura and looked out the window. It felt like like a Kerouac thing or like a Hemingway thing. It's <laughs> oh, just yeah. great. You're looking out there at the coast. It's quiet. Everyone's just kind of doing their thing, and then all these whales start breaching. Wow. It was incredible. Wow. And then we're just all watching these whales for like 15 minutes. The train starts again. We get to where we're going. I'm packing up my stuff. And this woman's just from like the row across from me and maybe one behind me is just staring at me. And I'm like, hello. She goes, that was was just great. And I go, the whales? She goes, no, no. You were writing by hand. Yeah. No one does that anymore. (laughs) She's kind of older, but I was like, oh, thanks. And she was just blown away by that. There were whales? (laughs) (laughs) I missed the whales. I was was looking at your hands. (laughs) 
<laughs> old timey. Yeah, maybe it just takes that next generation up to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know? But it felt very that experience to me was the whales, but it was also her. That mm-hmm. like whatever she was getting from that was. I hope I have that at some point. Yeah, that was my like someone knowing. Up the end of a poem or something like that yeah, yeah. I didn't need anyone there to appreciate what I was doing I do like the same as you like writing but I remember mm-hmm. it way better if I can think of my own handwriting right. as I was doing it also too uh, if something stands the test of time and it's still relevant in our generation Maybe it has some deep truth that you need to look into. Yeah, you know, if there's absolutely. a book that people are talking about, or a, um, for me, I have a small uh, little bound copy of Ralph Waldo Emerson's Self Reliance, and I keep it in my audition notebook. And when right before I go in, instead of like going over my lines for like the thousandth time, I just sit there and I read it because you pick it up in any paragraph, you're just like. This is just this is just brilliant. <laughs> this is everything I aspire to be, and it's two hundred years old. Did that stem from the J.J. Abrams meeting? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was a big Wayne Dyer fan, ah. uh, and so I'd like you know Casey Et, and you're watching these Wayne Dyer things, and he would talk about uh, Emerson, and it kind of got me reading his stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. But I I think I bring that up all the time, not just like on this podcast, but. The idea that your favorite person in recorded human history, mm-hmm. you might not have met yet. Ever. They could have been dead for a hundred years yeah. and you haven't stumbled on a single one of their works. Mm-hmm. And then you read a book and go, tell me this person wrote more. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they wrote like eight books. Oh my God, thank God. Yeah. yeah. It's just the best feeling of like, we're all kind of still here. Yeah. We're, you know, th- maybe the merchant marine guy that needed 1800 bucks a month, that guy dies pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Pretty tragically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got c- cut in half at some bar fight in New Orleans <laughs> or something. Oh, <laughs> you know. Uh, or maybe he's slowly just killing himself with insert name of vice. Yeah. And you don't need to write a pocket book or have a bunch of cool quotes but you need to do something with your life that someone maybe still talks about even if it's just living in a cool way by being Mm -hmm. honest Mm -hmm. and someone people can count on that you run a hardware store and you just say hi to people and they'll go we're dedicating a day in this small town to so and so because they were always nice mm-hmm. and that's what we want this town to be about yeah that's a good way to live your life i couldn't agree more being in bar fights in the merchant marines <laughs> not as much i mean as a charm very for sure um i went to when uh, the king tut uh, uh, exhibit was at the california science center last year I, I went out there and so they have you know the video before you actually walk in and see all these uh egyptian treasures but the thing that the Egyptians believed is uh, a man dies twice. And the first death is the physical death. Mm-hmm. And then the second death is when people stop talking about you. Oh, yeah. Coco. That's the you death. Coco? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, oh the Wait, Disney one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the same kind of thing? Yeah, totally. Oh, great. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were just saying that's why people build all these these monuments so you can, you know. Oh, King Tut. Uh, uh, so. I like thinking about that. I think they did this kind of in Coco with the flicker out. We're like, it's been about 20 minutes. Yeah. Or what is the leeway? They give you 20 days and then someone stumbles through and goes, is this the Knudsen building? <laughs> you're like, I'm still here, baby. Uh, hey, baby. Who got I'm never going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I think people want to be, um, you know, there's fame and infamy and there's just, you know, being remembered in the the right way, you know. Anyone that wrote so-and-so was here on a wall, I think it stems, 
to the furthest ends of people writing a thousand books. There's a guy, last name of Schmidt, who just dug a tunnel through a mountain. Yeah. And no one knows why. And I think it was just that. Like, I was here. This, they got to know I was here. Look, it's a mile and a half long for nothing. And, and here he is. You're referencing him. Yeah. We're talking about it. I'm sure people will listen to this. Schmidt Tunnel, huh? And yep. Look it up and it'll be, yeah. it'll be available. It's something so asinine. And yet, what is life? Right. Why are we doing any of it? Mm-hmm. To me, that was the whole philosophy behind that is that he understood on a deeper level of like, Nothing, maybe he was just mentally ill, or maybe he thought there was gold and just tunneled all the way through and like, ah, shit, I got to the other side of the mountain. <laughs> but I was going down. Damn it. <laughs> Anybody want to buy a tunnel? God damn it, Schmidt. Where's it go? The other side? But I can walk over it. It's not even that high of a hill. <laughs> this will save you 30, 40 seconds. It took me my whole life. <laughs> Did you ever get married, have a family? Who's got yeah. the time? <laughs> I was tunneling. I told you. Uh, but that's a guy uh, executing his idea, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so funny. Here we are saying his name. So uh, I, I, there's a, there's an app. Uh, if you have a library card, you can download it. It's Libby. And uh, you can uh, download audiobooks at, from the public library for free. So I just finished um, The Divine Comedy, which I never would have read on my own. It's really thick. And even, I think it was written in like 1320. Mm-hmm. But what I, my takeaway from that was like hell, everyone who is in hell, um, the unifying feeling that they had was a lack of hope, uh, a lack of hope. Mm -hmm. Like they never thought anything about their life would change. So it was just going to be them like pushing a wheel, going around in the circle, whatever their hell was, none of them thought it would change. And that's hell on earth. Being in something that you don't think will ever change or you can't do or you you know yeah so if i gotta build i gotta tunnel this you know and then if you if you do it at least you can say like ah, my dream <laughs> my dream <laughs> uh, oh man but yeah it's uh, uh you get the one ride so you know I feel like we're both uh, successful in the sense of being here and being in the comedy scene. Um, I think the thing that makes it tough here is that you are you you are at an open mic one night, and then you see years later one or several of the people you might have run into repeatedly at those things right. on billboards and things. Yeah, and then you you go like, wait a second. It's not like they were always having like the greatest sets. What separated this person? Yeah. And you get caught and people always undoubtedly get caught up in that thing. Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. I'm I'm down here pushing the wheel. That's and right. so much of life feels like that because you're and they go, Oh well the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yeah. You have to do that. Yeah. You have to keep the same thing is the thing you're trying to get better at. So you're mm-hmm. getting marginally better at the same thing. Yeah. So you're always trying it. Right, right. And hoping it'll get a little bit better. You have to be kind of insane, I guess. I agree. And I also think that's a very poor definition of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> you never see someone out in the street yelling at this guy. Like, he's just always done that. Look at this textbook insanity. He always thinks someone's going to talk to him. <laughs> well, um, also, too, there's... Uh, 
sometimes you can uh, be depressed by the expectation that is, you know, that's like, hey, I, I'm a comedian. Hey, I'm an actor. Like, oh, well, what movie have you been in? Yeah, yeah. You're just, you know who else is? Uh, Ryan Gosling. You're like, eh, you know. So yeah. there's people above you. There's people behind you. But um, it's very much in flux. A friend you know? of mine had the best first. And I never normally ask questions like this. Um one like to preface that like sure. i would go and meet um strangers or you know friends of friends mm-hmm. especially early on dating uh i'd meet you know her friends sure and then it was always kind of like uh um so what what would i know you from that kind of thing and i go we just with this weird kind of like it's fine or right. oh i do this podcast which was at the time very popular mm-hmm podcast as a whole we're not popular right so i could kind of have this in the back of my head like if someone knows this or even what a podcast is i think they're cool right if they don't this is more of an indictment on them right but then like having a television show or like when you're on oh my god he was in this movie then people act like it's better i had the same level of confidence in what i was doing either way yeah oh you think this is better because you know the thing that i'm in or from great for you makes no difference to me. It has no bearing on my life. That's right. But I asked a friend of mine in a band, if you could have anyone's career, whose would you have? And he was like, without hesitation, was like, oh, I'd just mine, but just with more money. Right. And hopefully that's the life you're living where you're like, I kind of like what I've done. I've made cool stuff and done cool things. I've had great experiences. Yeah. I've got a, a lot of friends. I've got a community. I can go... Probably anywhere, any night of the week and run into a handful of people that I know. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, yeah. yeah. But when people, it's that judgment uh, from people who never even tried. You yeah. Know? Oh, I, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I work in, I'm a civil engineer. Like, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let me guess. You have wooden blocks cut out that hang on your wall that say love? <laughs> Let me guess that's in your home somewhere. <laughs> Live, love, laugh? Is that in your kitchen anywhere? <laughs> Is that written in neat that... cursive somewhere? <laughs> you let your wife do it, but you kind of like it too, but you say, oh, I let my wife do it. <laughs> no, throw your wife under the bus yeah. for all your terrible design. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I cut them on the bandsaw. That was her idea. <laughs> Yeah, I think about the, the when we were talking about potential, um, I was a new face in Montreal, and uh, in that class, there was uh, someone who's now like the star of a uh, Marvel movie, Kumail <laughs> Nanjiani. Uh-huh. And one person, God bless him, uh, Andy Ritchie, who's not with us anymore. Yeah. And Marvel movie, not with us anymore. It, everything is potential in between that. So if you're having your ride and you're enjoying yourself and the... You know the engineer or the Boston lawyer. Wow! So yeah, have I seen you in anything? I don't know. I don't know. We always talk about it with Andy that the only regret is that he didn't make more stuff. We we every now and again get together like around Thanksgiving, which is when he passed, and like uh, we just watch YouTube clips of him, listen to his album, and just crack up and like, yeah, this guy was great. Just still love what he made, and like. Hopefully, when Kumail is done with his career and people look back, they enjoy all of it. Mm-hmm. And you, you, it's a bigger platform. It's right. certainly better produced. I mean, these, some of these YouTube clips are so grainy. Yeah. But it was just that he made stuff. Right. That we could still, like, remember it 
at, at no part we're like wouldn't this be better though if you had a bigger bank account <laughs> <laughs> what if it was shot on a red anyone else feeling that right now shut up David <laughs> I I'm thought crying. everyone was thinking it <laughs> It's true. Uh, if you can deliver something to someone and they can consume it, it's gone beyond being abstract. Yeah. Like saying like, I have this idea for this thing. It's just like, yeah, everyone has an idea for a thing. But where's the thing? Right. Where's the follow through? Where's the... Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So the the, uh, the next idea that I'm trying to uh, come up with. So here's a, here's a scenario. All right. We uh, just popped in the elevator. <laughs> we just popped in the elevator. All right, guys. Here we go. Um... You go, it, it, it's all takes place in one location. It's, uh, you ever been to a situation where you're like at your wife's work party or you're the event where you're like uh, uh, the fish out of water and you're just trying to make pleasant small talk, but yeah. you're also hearing everyone's greatest hits of their life stories and all this thing. Yeah. So it's just one guy who works through every room at a party until uh, he eventually goes after about 90 minutes. And the movie is, so how do you know Karen? And that's it. Yeah. And I just want to get like the best. If you can do it, I'd love to have you. The best comic improvisers just play normal people and put in this guy in the, in the scenario where when you run out of things to say. Yeah. So how do you know Karen? Oh, wife works with her. And he, you know. Do we see it only through POV? Like, that's the thing. I have to do some kind of rehearsal or two with like a smaller group mm -hmm. and maybe do it like at a theater and a stage with my like DP guy and like, okay, let's let's shoot some camera tests where it's the, the POV or even like looking off to the side or um, the guys in the scene with these people. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. That's That's the next level of production and thought and you know yeah. or you could also get it on its legs and like oh this is a terrible idea i'm not gonna, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna this isn't gonna work at all you know because you need a a plot right. there's got to be something he's looking for or like right. has he uh, seen my keys yeah. i just want to we're leaving but i'd that'd be right. some tent poles mm -hmm. you know in, in within so it could it could be the three-act structure but then like hey we're we're 24 minutes into this. We've already gone to three different places. And then suddenly, you know, the dog gets loose and, you know, bites Wendy. Or yeah. They, or it, the couple that you think is so great, you know, oh, Karen and Doug. Ah, oh, right. They get in a big fight. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's fun to think about. And it's one of those ideas we were talking about before. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And what's the best that could happen? Mm -hmm. At the very least, if you try and like, ah, eh, well... Uh, you know, it's not like there's this big swell of demand. Canutes, <laughs> yeah. where's that movie? You know, we could talk about it today and I could never take action and no one would ever follow up with me again. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we've been waiting on that movie. For <laughs> it's just like nobody cares. No, but they're I, always glad when you do it. That you made true. an effort that you put it through. I remember when Henry was working on uh, Punching the Clown, it seemed like forever. It was like there was this anticipation of like, when's this movie going to be done? It was, it was really, I, I put uh, Punching the Clown up there with like Spinal Tap and uh, Slapshot, like one of the greatest comedies of all time. Especially great me. because very few people know of it. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, you're his friend. This is hyperbole. 
Just right. watch it. Just watch you'll it. You'll be proven. You'll you'll join the cult of yeah. like this is so great. It's so great. Um, he's on my show tomorrow night, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, but I saw the movie before, and I was like, oh man! Before I actually kind of you know I'd seen him around, but didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. And then my brother found Punching the Clown at the library. Oh, it was on wow. DVD at the library, and he's just like, I think I saw this movie you'd really like. And I was like, and he was right, but I had already seen it, but like. It really resonates with how f- random things are and how someone saying someone's a thing at the right time makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah, really, it's, it doesn't feel like it's that purposefully about L.A. and the yeah. whole thing, but it captures it very well. You're my inspiration. I just said he was his inspiration. <laughs> Watch the movie. It's not a spoiler, yeah, but that's not a like spoiler. it's such a like perfect mm-hmm. nonsense. What, 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 oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's really incredible. So yeah, uh, Henry Phillips. Henry Phillips, the man. Well, Matt, this was fantastic, man. What a treat, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad we were able to do this. And looking for if you're listening and you were like, "What was the name of that short?" Um, give it up, which is. I can't explain how perfect of a title <laughs> that is. You, so Thank great. You. Such a The classic sketch. double entendre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, man, you really hit something on the... It's it's like we were talking about, I think, before we started recording. Oh, no, no. I ran into uh, a friend, uh, a fellow comedian, mm-hmm. and that's why when I was getting here, I was a little later than I'd like to have been, so we ran into each other kind of getting to I was still early, time. yeah. I was still early, so little, it was perfect timing. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about that, like, stand-up productions that uh very rarely are they like quotable or you know you go oh that's like that so-and-so does a bit about this that yeah. just doesn't seem to happen anymore because there's so many of them i agree uh but man just give it up is one of those things where i feel like so many conversations are going to be like oh it's such a funny <laughs> show that's exactly about that thank you man thank you i uh, i think you're great so to say things about <laughs> Thanks, me man. like that i really means a lot oh great yep. well come back anytime and um and go check out matt's imdb page you'll you're gonna go down a wormhole and be like this guy's in everything also um if you uh if you find matt knutson.com or uh instagram the matt knutson on march 8th i'm running the la marathon for saint jude uh children's hospital i'm uh, doing donations as a fundraiser so if you one dollar a hundred dollars you know heck whatever you got cool man well Thank you again. Thank you, Dave. You're the man. Well, I hope you liked it. Uh, I would have loved to have Matt do some uh, bonus chatting, uh, but I I had other things I needed to do that day, unfortunately. So I'll get him back at another time and chat more. I like, uh, hopefully, the whole conversation was worthwhile in that uh, if you're pursuing something, if you're motivated, maybe you're not as motivated as you'd like to be or used to be, if you don't know what you're passionate about, then hopefully that chat was helpful uh, or useful. I uh, I don't know, but um, I, I get a lot out of it. I like talking with Matt. He keeps every time you see him, he's got a good attitude, positive, upbeat. One time at the junk show, I was telling a story about something negative, and he came over afterward. It was negative about L.A. as a city, and he came over and was like, "I was at this restaurant the other night, and I went to pay the bill, and uh, the waitress came over and said." don't worry about it someone picked up the tab for the whole place and he was like so that happens too don't forget about that which is such a glass half full way to look at things i think he really genuinely lives his life that way 
and it's impressive. And if you follow him on Instagram, he'll post videos where he goes and puts uh, his phone up and just kind of videos himself. More so, it's you see like the top of his head, and he's playing piano in a public space, and then people walking by. The videos are about capturing their reactions. It's terrific. I can't recommend that enough. So just search Matt Knudsen, uh, S-E-N, on any of the social media platforms. You'll likely find him. And those videos are worth it. Um, And like I said, his short Give It Up is on Amazon Prime. And uh, thanks to those of you who support the show on Patreon. There's no bonus Matt chat. No bonus Matt chat this week. But there are um, previous bonus things. Uh, One of them is about a a somewhat controversial thing that happened in the past uh, month or so. And I went into that story in some depth. And it's gotten a little bit of interaction. I appreciate those of you who reached out and and or commented or messaged me privately. Um, Maybe I'll do more of those. I don't like to have this show be about opinions or comments. current event stuff i prefer it to just be conversations um but anyway maybe now and again i will do that maybe now and again what is going on with me all right let's get out of here uh but i will try to do more of that sort of stuff on the patreon there's usually at least one hour of bonus material every month and it is helpful uh for just keeping the regular show going so for like two bucks a month 50 cents a week This show is made possible by contributions from listeners just like you. It's ad-free, other than this little ramble right here. If that sounds appealing to you, uh, please do. It makes a big difference. So thanks for those of you who do help with the Patreon. Okay, um, let's let's get on out of here. There was something else I was going to mention. I have forgotten it, but it'll come back to me at some point. I'll likely see you next week. I'll try to keep the schedule... um, or the output, I guess, on track so that uh, there are not these gaps. I feel really healthy. Hopefully you're avoiding the coronavirus. Even if you get it, you'll likely live. So don't be too worried about that. But, you know, wash your hands. Try not to cough out into the general open space of the world just for the sake of other people's and their anxiety. Other people's. I don't know what's going on with me. Thanks to Dan for putting this show together, as always. And we're sending good thoughts to him and his wife, Ashley. Um, who's beginning treatment. They've got a positive outlook, as do all of we. And I have high hopes for this. Uh, Our friend Jean, uh, she shared this on Twitter, so I hope that's okay to share on this show as well, was diagnosed with breast cancer, but they caught it fairly early. She was involved in a screening where she had previously been cleared and then um, part of like a study, and they were like, you should get that checked just to be safe. And that doctor was a hero because it turns out just be, by being safe, they did catch it. So hopefully she's ahead of the game there. And um, But still, we all know plenty of people. Uh, and if you don't, I hope you never do. And I certainly hope it doesn't impact you. But if you are in some way uh, attached or affiliated or dealing with cancer on your own, uh whew. I mean, I guess if you live long enough, we're all going to go through it. It's just a part of life, a natural thing, but it really, really sucks. And so I'm worried about Jean. I'll feel a lot better when she is fully cleared. James down in Australia, I feel like this goes back to the beginning of this show, was on death's doorstep. And every now and again, I'll get a message from him like, hey, man, how's it going? So I feel like he's doing better. There are positive outcomes to these things. And James... Maybe check in. <laughs> I think the last time I heard from you was when I was sick and you were worried about me. Well, the, now it's um, 
I'm curious how you are doing. So if you have battled anything and in any way shared it with me or this show, we're all vested or interested in some way in, in your well-being. So let me know. Hopefully everyone is happy and healthy and safe. We'll be sending good thoughts to Gene and Ashley and want everyone to be happy a year from now, 10 years from now, feeling um, 100% normal and looking back and telling stories about like, oh yeah, it was scary when I battled that. So until then, let's um, share some positive energy. All right, let's get out of here. Hopefully I haven't rambled too much. Apologies if I have. Thanks again to Matt for sitting down, being part of a great chat. I really enjoyed it. And uh, here's the song. We I, we can't get out of here. We mentioned Elliot Smith at some point in the chat. We've never played any of his stuff. I feel like he's well-known enough that, um, you know, try to more so have music on this show be bands that maybe you've never heard of or that are just getting started or... Um, or have been laboring along kind of quietly for years and could use a little extra attention. But Elliot Smith, I feel like, was pretty well known. However, if you haven't, what a, what a wonderful feeling when you get introduced to something and you can go dive down into it and find multiple albums and a whole catalog of work and be like, how did I not know about this? And that's the best thing. When you create any kind of art, it's always just sort of waiting there, assuming the digital structure holds up. Um, but likely there's a good chance that people long beyond can stumble upon what you've made and enjoy it. And um, if you don't know the whole story of Elliot Smith and how his life ended, it's pretty tragic. But luckily, when he made music, he shared it, and um, I, I really enjoy it. I hope you do as well. Sometimes you can't listen to too much of it. It'll put you in kind of a gloomy mood. But when you're feeling like a rainy day, kind of, I just want to wrap a blanket and hang out, not much better than uh, like Nick Drake, Elliot Smith. So here's one from Elliot Smith. Uh, the, the title maybe has some significance. I hope you like it. Here's Big Nothing. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave. I was